we are in the book of Ephesians. How many of you guys had grace for each other this week? How many of you guys had grace for people on the road? In the traffic? How many of you guys had grace for yourselves this week? Hey, you know, sometimes we just got to give ourselves some grace as well. Who's the hardest on you? Is obviously you. Hey, unless you... Um, my 12-year-old son that is studying to pass his grade 12 exams. Not grade 12, what is it? How old is he? He is 12. He's passing his grade 6 exams. Then the hardest person on him is me. So, you know, my wife always tells you, you've got to have grace, man. You've got to have grace. So today, as we continue in the book of Ephesians, um, we are going to be reminded about something else. You, you see, I was going to remind you that today was my birthday, and we'd have cake, but then I reminded myself that the scale says you can't have cake. So um, we had carrots this morning. No, we didn't. <laughs> who does that? Who does that? So um, for those who are just joining us, we are in the book of Ephesians. We are listening to the Apostle Paul, and he is talking to us, telling us about how to remind yourself about who you are in Christ. Hey, we, we spoke about identity, we spoke about grace, and today we're going to be tackling another subject. So for those, I hope you guys are reading through Ephesians because there's so many things that jump out at you as you read it. And um, so we can't go through the entire book uh, because as we were um, planning the series, we, we said it's going to just take us too long, and we just want to take some nuggets out of Ephesians. And I do believe we're going to be going through Ephesians in the future, and then we will taking it by verse by verse to encourage us and strengthen us. But we just want to remind you of what God wants to do in your lives at this moment in time. So with that said, turn with me to the book of Ephesians, and we're going to be in chapter 3 today. Uh, we're going to be looking at just a small portion of Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to be starting from verse 16. Any people that love praying in the house? And not just for grace, for when, not just for grace when you, when you have a meal, for McDonald's to not make you pick up extra kilos, eh? not just to pray when you um, <laughs> get caught by the police, <laughs> Um, driving too fast, I don't know. How many of you guys pray when the, when the traffic officers pull you over? <laughs> I go through all the scriptures my mom taught me as a kid. <laughs> it's like, great is he that is in me than the guy standing outside. I don't know, what is your go-to scripture when a policeman pulls you over? <laughs> you know, just quoting scripture. Get behind me, Satan. I don't know. <laughs> don't use that one. I don't think it will work out well, but here we are. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, it reads as follows. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you, with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Who needs to be strengthened right now? I know I do. And the only way we can get strength and how we can get strengthened is if we get the power from the Holy Spirit that only Jesus can give. So right now, Lord Jesus, I just release Your Spirit over each and every one of us right now. May it give us the strength and the energy we need to make it through what we are going through. And not just to make it through, but to go beyond. That is what we need to speak over us constantly. Let's carry on. Verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love 
may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. Say, that's me. That's me. Come on. No, everybody say, that's me. I'm a saint. Jesus loves me. So, so you're in good company. Come on. Come on. We've got to be able to chat about these things. So God's holy people. Who's God's holy people? Let me see hands. In the cheap seats. There we go. Here we go. So here we go. <laughs> to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is, in, that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Today I would like to talk to you. And I just want to remind you about God's love through this title. Do you get it? Can we pray? So Lord Jesus, thank you that you're here with us. Thank you for your word. Bless us through it. Open our eyes. Remind us about what we need to remember. We ask this in your name. Amen. Do you get it? How many of you guys have ever had someone walk up to you and go, do you get it? Uh, it's my son. So um, I don't know. My son wants to um, become a comedian. I think it is. I don't know. I really don't know. I want to actually send him for self-defense classes. Because he comes up to me and he's like, yo, dad, have you heard this joke? And he goes, knock, knock. Or, or he comes up with jokes. I'm sure you, some of you, if you know my son Judah, he's probably told you at least four jokes. But I mean, he walks up and he goes, he tells you the joke and he goes, do you get it? Do you get it? I'm like, do you get that you need to learn how to run fast, my boy? I mean, that's, that's, not, that's like, but he's trying, he's trying, you know. And, and, and this thing about, you know, having to explain it, like, do you get it? He's like, come on, man, it is funny to me. Don't you get it? So with that said, you know, in our family, we, we, we really try and build our lives on um, making prayer a habit and, and a value in our house. You know, everything, you know, we pray for everything. Like I said, not just for food. Um, we actually, like Rebecca, Rebecca has really taken this prayer thing to a next level. I mean, it's like, if we need to make decisions, she'll walk up, did you pray about it? <laughs> that is it, man. She's like, you know, like let's, um, we, we got a phone call one, um, one day and this was just when we found out that my, my dad was um, uh, diagnosed with um, cancer. And the first thing, she, she comes in, she starts crying, like, ah, Grandpa's got cancer. We should pray. I'm like, come on, that is it. That is it. However, however, like I said, she's taken it to the next level. And so she's seen us when we pray, you know, like when someone is sick or someone needs to be blessed, we put hands on them and then we pray. And so she wasn't doing well once, and she comes to us, and this is, so we pray like in the morning before we go to school. We, we pray um, when, before we go to bed. So we're constantly praying, not, not all the time. 
you know, I, I, I do eat. <laughs> it doesn't look like it. But um, so, uh, so, 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 so now you get it. We pray a lot in the house. Hey? You know, if the, something happens to the dog, we pray. You know, if the dog's not regular, we pray. Um, I mean, we pray for everything. But this one occasion, we were praying, um, and it was Rebecca's turn, and she's like, oh, I've got so much pain. Will someone pray for me? So obviously, we like say, okay. She's like, no, no, everybody has to stand around me. And, and so I'm like, okay. So I put my hand on, my, on Rebecca, and I start praying. And then she stops me mid-prayer. She's like, whoa. I'm like, whoa. Did I say something wrong, Miss Theologian? She's like, no, his hands aren't on me. And she's pointing to her younger brother, the, uh, the older, the youngest of the two boys. She's like, tell him to put his hands on me, man. There's power in prayer. I'm like, okay, Jada, just put your hands on her. We need to go to bed. Look, no, so, 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 so it's all about prayer. And uh, one of the things that I like joking about um, is Alison. She, whenever we meet new people, and we chat about how we met, you know, people always asking, how, do you, how did you guys meet? And Ali will always tell them the story, and I'm sure you guys have heard it, and um, Ali would say, I prayed for him. She, she, she prayed that I, would, that I would be in her life. And then she'd always carry on, it's like, I prayed, and God, the only thing I want is, I want this man to have broad shoulders. And I always joke after she says that. It's like, next time we get the opportunity to pray for that man, you tell him, may he have a six-pack, hair, and a big bank account. I'm like, I joke about this always. And I'm like, come on, man. But then she will go, but you know what, babes? Don't you get it? But then it wouldn't be you. You see, don't you get it? And, and what, what we see here is, I, I still joke about it, though. You know, no matter what she says, I still joke. I'm like, please pray for hair and six-pack. Um, I'm a bottle store at this moment. <laughs> so as, as we look in Ephesians 3, we see that Paul moves from encouraging people from words to encouraging them through prayer. And, and we've got to get this, that prayer is powerful, that prayer is important, that prayer is something, you know, that makes us who we are. I've got to remind you that we need to pray. We need to pray always. No matter what it is, we've got to have a conversation with Jesus. Don't make connecting with God your last priority. We've got to make it our priority. It mustn't be our last resort. It must be the first thing that we think about. Um, <laughs> we... Uh, just before Ali left this week, uh, we, were, we were chatting and we were laughing. And it's like, oh, man, it's such a busy week. We've got so much to do. Every day starts off with, you know, a list. It's like this, we've got to get all this done before we have to go pick up the kids. And then she read me this quote. It's like, shouldn't our lives be like this? And, and, and when she read it, it said, my life is so busy. I've got so much to do. I think I will start with prayer. And, and that is something that I believe us as all Christians, whether you're new in the faith or very long following Jesus, or if you've kind of like put pause on whatever you call yourself at this moment, you've got to get into the habit of praying. No matter, don't leave prayer for when the pawpaw hits the fan. You have to pray when the pawpaw gets thrown, or even before they buy the pawpaw, before they plant the seed. We've got to pray. 
We've got to be in communication with the greatest creator of all times, and that is Jesus. Because if we go through stuff, prayer is the only way we can get through it. Because it's not about what we can do. We've learned this, and we're going to read about it today as well. It's all about who God is. And prayer is the only key that can get us through that. So in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul was reminding us about how amazing his grace is, God's grace. And we looked at it yesterday. It's unmerited, undeserving. And um, let's see, who was paying attention? Unmerited, undeserving, and unearned. Thank you for, for no one putting up your hands. I love you guys. It's unconditional. This is God's goodness, His kindness, His favor. And I needed to see that and, and be reminded that His grace is for me. But as we look at today's passage in Ephesians 3, we, we are reminded about God's love. You see, His mercy is different to His love. And His love is also amazing. And so I, I want to talk to you from this first point, which is called to infinity and beyond. Yes, I used a kiddies movie title or story tag phrase in my, in my sermon because it is awesome. How many of you guys have watched Toy Story? Yeah, yeah. See, I check you guys. Come and act all grown up here. <laughs> How many of you guys have kids? That's why you watch it. How many of you guys have watched it without your kids? Yeah, there we go. You guys are the real people. <laughs> so to infinity and beyond. Um, uh, th there's this saying, you know, um, I love you to the moon and back. Have you guys heard that? I heard it for the first time um, when just um, before Ellie's parents moved away, um, they walked up to the kids and they go, I love you to the moon and back. And my oldest goes, wow, that is amazing. Because that's far. He, he gets it. I mean, it's to the moon. Dad, it's far. And it's back. So it's double far. It's, it's that. Do you, do you get it? Hey, do you get it? It is far. But can I tell you something? The love of God is to infinity and beyond. We, we, we've got to get that, that that is how much God's love for us is. It's not just to the moon and back. It's not something that we can measure. But this is what Paul says. It says in Ephesians 3 verse 18 that may you have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ? I keep getting that song, like, who, who sings it? I think it's Diana Ross. Ain't no I'm not going to sing. That's why they don't allow me on the band, you know. Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no river wide enough. Ain't no something deep and all those things. You see, I just listen. I, I jive to the music. But um, this, is, this is what Paul is saying. Can I remind you that God's love is so much more? It is boundless. That's why he says, how wide. It's boundless. Sorry. Whoopsie. It, it, it's got no sides. 
Like my kids, how many of you guys have boundaries for your kids? They're not allowed to step over certain things. They're not allowed to do certain things. But how many of you guys have kids that go? That's like my daughter, Rebecca. Hey, Dad, did you say I can't go over this line? Yes, this line, Dad. That one over there. But what about, no, Dad. You see, there's a boundary that we place for people. But God says, this is my love. It's boundless. It's boundless. There's no way you can go that I won't stop loving you. But then he goes further to see how long it's endless. You know, we, we constantly live in a society where our love is only that long and then no more. We can only take so much and then we cut you off. But yeah, Paul writes, God's love is endless. How many of you guys know what endless means? A buffet. All you can eat. How many of you guys like eating? My wife took me to a buffet um, uh, for our anniversary on Tuesday. Went to a buffet breakfast. And you know what the problem with that is? You see all the food and you go, oh, I don't know what I can eat. And so I pack everything on and I'm like laying on the floor. I'm like, it hurts so much. Can I get more hash browns, please? Oh, see, it's endless. You can keep going back for more. That's God's love. It doesn't end. Can I tell you why it's so amazing when it doesn't end? Because you didn't do anything to get it. There wasn't a prerequisite to say, hey, if you do this, if you do that, if you dress like this, if you talk like this, if you sing so many songs, if you lift your hands like this, if you pray like this, then I will start loving you. No, 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 no. Paul tells us, even in Ephesians 2, before we could grasp who he was, he loved us. So why would it stop when we become his? His love is endless. It's boundless. It's endless. Look up. What do you see? You know, if someone comes to you, you know, I don't know. I, I used to always greet people, go, sup, what's up? And people go, oh, this guy. <laughs> don't say that. Be a little bit more cool. Say, God's love. Because if you look up, there is no limit. How high? It means we, we, we cannot grasp just how high His love is, how much it is. We are so deep in His love. How many of you guys have ever jumped into a deep pool? Uh, we did the warrior race. You guys all know this. Never to do it, be done again. Uh, at least for the next couple of years until I lose weight or something like that. And uh, they had this thing where you had to jump off this wall and you land in water. And they dug the pit like so deep when I jumped in. Now, me and gravity, we chums, man. And when I went in, and I'm like, there was no ground. That's God's love for you. It's deep, it's high, deep and wide, deep and wide. You know, there's God's love, it is deep and wide. I just made that up, but it's from another song. But in any case, we need to get that. That wherever you go, you are never walking on the boundary of God's love. 
You're never walking on it as like, oh, I think I might fall, and I'm out of his love. There is nothing like that. It's all about wherever I go, I am in the center of his love. I cannot run far enough that way. I can't die far enough in front of me. His love is always going to surround us. And God's love for you is not based on your performance, but on who he is. Because God is love. And kind of, have you realized that there's a confidence and a freedom that comes when you don't have to perform for love? My daughter, Rebecca, um, she will say she's very shy. But she's not. She talks nonstop. And if you stand still long enough, run. She talks, she talks, she talks. She's never shy. But when she has to do something, a performance, like a speech that she prepared, she becomes very nervous, which is, which is obvious. Everybody gets nervous. But I'm like, Rebecca, you talk so much. You don't have to perform. You just have to talk. But she goes, but don't you get it? It's you. You love me. I can do this. There's this freedom and this confidence when there's this love that she can just do and she doesn't have to perform. So when she gets into class, she has to put some extra work in. Come on, guys. When you know how much God loves you, there is no performance. There's just you living. There's just you walking. There's just you being. So we need to understand just how great His love for us is. But His love is not only for us. It's about Him. And something that we really need to understand when it comes to His love is that there is more to it. There's not more that you have to work for. There's just more to His love. There's so much about it. Paul writes that God's love is not just about us, but it's about Him as well. Verse 19 says, And I pray that you know this love that surpasses all knowledge. What do you know about love? If you ask my kids what you know about love, Jaden will go, Ah, it's when they kiss people. Uh. Rebecca goes, It's when they kiss people. Yay! Judah will go, it's that stupid day on the 14th of February where I have to buy someone something and I get nothing in return. They're like, ah. But you see, everybody has an understanding of love. To some people, love is only for a certain period of time and then it's over. For some people, love is something I've got to work for, I've got to strive to keep. Some, it hurts, it's going to cost me, it doesn't last but God's love makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. And this is what it is. It's not about us, it's about Him. When He shows love to people, He shows it to everybody. Who irritates you at work? And for those working at home, don't point to your spouse. Hey, you know, who irritates you in your neighborhood? Hey, like, what kind of drivers don't you like on the road? And don't talk about taxi drivers or old people. Hey, what kind of people don't you like? Can I tell you something? 
God loves them? It makes no sense. Like, why would he love them and me? They are so much worse than what I am. Hey, I at least go to church. And when I don't go to church, I watch something about church. They don't do it at all. But God didn't say that is what it's about. He goes, I am love, so I will love. It's not about what you do and what you don't do. It's about love. And check this. When we don't understand love, we need to remind ourselves about Proverbs 3 verse 5, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your what? Your own understanding. So when you don't understand God's love, trust in God. When it makes no sense, trust in God. Who's got their license? Car license? Bike license? Who's been driving without a license? No, don't put up your hand. Don't put up your hand. Who drives the speed limit? <laughs> Who doesn't drive the speed limit? Wow, check those hands pointing that way. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Stitch him. Uh, who drives an automatic? Who drives a manual? Who can drive both? Who enjoys driving both? Okay, so out of all those questions, we understand that everybody knows how to drive a car. Who likes driving? Who likes to drive really fast? Who would like to drive even faster? Who would like to go around the track and drive fast? Come on, who wants to ride on the dirt road? Now, the reason I'm asking this question is, out of everybody, not allowed to put up your hands, um, out of everybody that I asked that question sitting here today and online, um, how many of you guys know exactly how a car works? Every single component. How the engine, that's why I said Henny can't put up his hand. <laughs> hey? How do you guys know how the combustion actually works in your specific car? How the fuel moves from the back to the front, out the back again to move you forward? How many of you guys know that? Hey? Any? <laughs> and with everybody that doesn't know that, how many of you guys are going to get into your car after church and go, oh my gosh, I'm not going to drive again? No one. You see, and this is the thing about God's love. We might not understand it. It doesn't mean we don't have to trust him and walk in it. His love is for us. Stop trying to figure out his love. Don't figure out who God is. If we were able to, he wouldn't be God. He doesn't fit into your nice little Apple Samsung box. He created the box. So... When it comes to this part where it says, may we get to comprehend this love that surpasses all knowledge, it doesn't mean we have to figure it out. It means we need to get it that it surpasses all knowledge, all understanding. And that love is available not only to you, but to everybody else. Don't put walls up where God has torn them down. Because we always do that. It's like, I don't get his love, so I'm going to put that wall up. No, it's boundless. Leave it. Let it keep going. Trust that God knows what he's doing. 
He loves us with all our faults, all our failures, all our imperfections, with a scale that looks like a rev counter. He loves us all the same. Do you get it? Do you get it? God loves you. Do you get it? You don't have to figure it out. Have you ever turned to your spouse or your partner or that stranger that you stalk and you go, why do you love me? I don't know why you'd ask that to a stranger. <laughs> a what? A trust? A crush? Yo. But have you ever asked that question, why do you love me? The reason we ask that question is not to find out about the other person, it's to find out about us. And God says, I love you because I am love. You don't have to ask him because he loves you. You're sitting here, he loves you. And I just want to close off with this last point. I'm going to put it up here quickly. That word says, it's possible. And I looked at that word in capital letters for I don't know how many minutes, and I thought I spelt it wrong. How many of you guys look at the word and go, that's a weird looking word? Hey, just, just take a look at it quickly. Michael, does that, look, that, does that look right? If you stare at it long enough, does it still look right? I don't know. This is just me. The word possible, when you stare at it, you go, is it really spelled? Is that even the word? You know why? It's because we're so used to writing the word impossible. And we always write it in small letters. It's never all capital letters. And, and that is what the problem was when I put this point in. I didn't want to write everything is impossible. I'm like, no, it's possible. Because we need to get used to that word. That with God, everything is possible. It looks weird because we don't use it. We always look at something and go, it is impossible. When Alison and myself first moved to um, Cape Town to plant a church, we drove around in the northern suburbs the one day, and we were looking for a venue because we knew this is where God was leading us to plant the church. And one of the places we stopped was Redham House, this venue here. And I was very nervous. I walk in, and I chat to the facilities manager, and I go, this is an amazing space. What is the chances that we could actually start our church here? And the guy, very friendly, chats to me, and also a Christian, a believer, and he goes, oh man, I'm so excited, but unfortunately, we don't allow churches to use our facility. That was four years ago, three years ago, three years ago. And we were like, oh man, it's impossible. We're never going to find a place to have church. Not to know that God keeps hearing our prayers and He answers our prayers. He will either answer yes, no, or not yet. There's no maybe. 
And so what God did was, he said, not yet. Not yet. And there were so many things. And three years later, not only did we move into this building, but we found ourselves a bigger family. He blessed us beyond what we had even asked him for. So, uh, uh, yeah, come on. No man. No man. When God is good, we don't. Come on. We've got to get excited about what God does when he does good things in our lives. And check this out. In verse 20 and 21, this is what Paul writes. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, imagine. I was like, man, we could start off small and we could grow, but it's impossible. And he goes, whoa, hold up, hold up. Let me see that box that you're putting me into. Let me carry on because it goes, According to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. And I love this part where it says, throughout all generations, forever. How many of you guys know what forever means? It means forever. And then Paul goes, just so that you get it, and ever. Because uh, we, we, you know, it's like, yeah, but forever can end. But then forever. Let's do it more but to all generations. You see, this is the theme scripture of the series. To the one that can do the impossible or make the impossible possible. Genesis 18, Abraham um, is sitting there and he's chatting to, to, to God through, through angels. And God says, you're going to be a father of a nation. And he goes, that's, that's impossible. Can that happen? And God responds, is anything too hard for the Lord? What are you limiting God to? What are you going through? I don't know what your situation is. Matthew 19, Jesus is looking at his disciples and he goes, with man, it is impossible. But it's possible with God. Impossible is where... God starts, and miracles is what He does. So when we get to that place in our lives where we go, it's impossible. Can we get on our knees and go to the one who can do exceedingly more, exceedingly immeasurably more, exceedingly out of this world, immeasurably more than what I could think? Imagine, any creative people here? Hey, quickly, think of a car. You got it? Everybody's got a car in their minds. Think of the rims. What size are they? Huh? You got them? How, how wide are they? What else did you think about the car? Can it fly? Can it go underwater? Hey, does it have subs in it? Not submarines, you know, subs, speakers. <laughs> Does it have tinted windows? Does it have windows when someone's riding next to you that you can type something and then words pop up on the window and say, hey! You know, God can do more than that. He's greater than our wildest imagination and He can do more than that. So why do we limit Him to His love? 
Why do we limit him to how he can use us and what he can do in our lives? There is no chaos he cannot bring into complete order. There is no prayer big enough that he will not answer. And there is no need too great that God cannot meet. So I want to encourage you today. Do you get just how big your God is? That no matter what you're going through, He is the only one that can bring you through it. So may we start off our lives built on prayer, remind ourselves just how much He loves us, and may you never forget that He can do anything that you could ask Him to do. If He doesn't say no, it means not yet. Can we pray?